Did you have a nice afternoon? Yes? I went for a walk with my dog, as I do on a Sunday. And uh, my Sunday tradition with my, my little black and white dog, my little black and white collie, is to drive through Clidach and to go down to the bird reserve, you know, down by the, uh, down by the pub there. And, I, and then walk through the bird reserve, and I walk up, and then I walk back, and we, we, that's, that's my Sunday afternoon. It's a great way to spend my Sunday afternoon, and, and I did it today. And as I was walking along, if you know the bird reserve, I went up through the bird reserve, and I crossed the river. If you've never been there, you need to go and just have a lovely walk. And I crossed the river on the bridge, and I looked off the bridge, and I counted the trout there. There's trout in the river. It's lovely. There are also otters Okay. Two years ago, a friend of mine, her dog was in the water, and uh, he was splashing about in the water, and two otters joined him in the water. It's lovely. So there's trout, so there's otters. And I crossed the bridge and went a little bit further, and one of the trees had fallen down. So I climbed through the tree, because it was over the path, and I got through, and it was great, me and the dog, because on the other side of the tree, people haven't been walking for the last, by the looks of it, two weeks or a week. And there are blackberries hanging. Oh, and they're ripe and they're juicy blackberries. And I tell you, I'm a sucker for dry, ripe, juicy blackberries. And I, and I pick them and I make sure there's no little spiders in them, no little bugs, and then I eat them quick and I don't care. Because they're absolutely delicious. So I was doing that this afternoon. It spoiled my tea a bit. I have to put my hand up and admit that when I got home. Alison said, here's your tea. And I went, oh, no, I've just been eating blackberries. I, <laughs> but it didn't show. And I was thinking as I was walking, how good God is. You know, how good is God? The world he's given us, the, the, the nature all around us, the remarkable provision you know, there's some little blackberries. Well, you can't live off that all year, can you? But there are also, as we saw this morning, he's given us apples and pears and wheat and barley and so many lovely things to eat and so many beautiful things to see, so many beautiful things to enjoy. Isn't God good to us? But the majority of people don't thank him. Isn't that interesting? The majority of people take for granted what God has given them. And they never thank him. In fact, I would go even further, sadly, and I think there are many Christians don't thank God for the things he's given. And there are times in my life, in my week, in my months, in my year, when I've not been thankful enough. I've not been thankful enough for the good things that God has given me. And because I don't acknowledge that God gives me good things, and because I'm not thankful for the good things that God does give me, it affects my prayers. And I don't ask him for more. I don't trust in him the, the way I should. Here we are in this great sermon on the mount, this great this great description, this great blueprint of Christ's kingdom. And in the very heart of it is this prayer or this challenge to pray. 
Martin Lloyd-Jones, the preacher from the last century, I could say now, which will make one or two of you feel quite old. Martin Lloyd-Jones from the last century, he, put, he said this in his, he wrote a book about the, a commentary on the Lord's Prayer. And he says this, through the uncertain journey of this life, it's not what we face each day that matters. What matters is who is with us as we face each day. It doesn't matter so much what we face each day. Because in our lives we will all face good things and we will all face bad things. The question is, who is with you as you face each day? Do you acknowledge that there's a God? Do you acknowledge that he's created the world? Do you acknowledge that he sustains the world? Do you acknowledge that everything you have, your life, your breath, your health, your strength, everything you have comes to you from God? Are you thankful and do you believe that he's still with you every day? The people who do believe those things, who do trust in him, are the kind of people who pray who put their, their trust, their faith into words of trust, faith, love, and adoration. If Christ is with you, you can face each day with great expectation, no matter what it is. And he instructs you, ask, seek, knock. That's his instruction to you. My first heading is very simple. Why do we need to ask? Well, we need to ask because, as I've already said, life at times can be very hard. The Christian is not promised a bed of roses. Though I always think that that's a very strange expression because when you say a Christian's not, when you say someone's living in a bed of roses, what you generally think is that it's, it's wonderful and beautiful and it smells very sweet. But as we all know, roses have, have thorns in them. Well, maybe life is a bed of roses then. Maybe life is full of the good things, but also full of things that cause you pain and hurt. Why do we need to ask? Because life is very uncertain. And a Christian is not free from the common ails and problems of life. We are all going to face, in the next few weeks, winter. The darkness, aren't we? The darkness is coming. And the rain is coming, isn't it? And the bills are coming. But just like everyone else, God doesn't say that we're going to avoid the things of life. And as we get older through this coming month, as it gets colder, the aches and the pains are going to come, aren't they? Because we're not promised an easy life. And sometimes life is very hard. Not only that, our resources are very limited. We've got very limited resources. Uh, and they don't last as long as you'd like them to. If we have physical strength, that's a great provision from God. Enjoy it. Use it while you have it. You won't always have it. If you have great intellectual strength, it's a great gift from God. Use it, enjoy it, make the best of it. You won't always have it. 
we are limited in our abilities. And our, uh, there are times when our abilities and our strengths start to diminish. Our financial strengths can rise and fall depending on what's happening in the world around us. Often, we have absolutely no say on how much the money in the bank is worth, as we're going to find out over the next five or six years. Time, it passes so fast. So fast. It, it just seems like a moment ago I was an 18-year-old learning to drive a car. But it's a long time. And many, many miles have gone under the wheels of my cars. And I wonder, where have the years gone? I now walk past windows of shops and look in and think, look at that old man. My next, my next thought is, stand straight. <laughs> Stop slouching. I'm amazed at the old person that confronts me in the mirror. My resources are limited. Our resources are limited. And the challenges that face us are huge. We all come to terms with the limits of our resources. And the question is then, how do I live? How do I live? Well, one of the hymns we sing is that when you come to the end of your hoarded resources, the Father's forgiving has only begun. When you've run out of your strength, someone rather helpfully, they thought, sent me a little card when, um, when I must have looked very tired. And they sent me a little card and written on the card, well, you can probably guess who sent me the card, one or two of you, written on the card was, when your resources are ended, God's are just beginning. What a great reminder. That's why we need to ask. The challenges we face are also changing all the time. When we're young, the challenges I faced as a young man, well, they were, they were uh, very different to the challenges I face now because I, I'm now married. Well, I, did, I had that challenge to face when I was young, finding a wife and then convincing her to marry me and then going, going on with early marriage and then uh, having children and bringing up children. Those, those, well, those challenges, I, I, I now have a wife. My problem now is keeping her, isn't it? And being faithful to her and... That's a different challenge to finding a wife. And my children are leaving home. <laughs> one has left home. I hope the other one will leave home. Not because I want to see her go, but because I want her to have her life. I want her to grow. I want her to mature. And then I'll have to deal with all of that. The challenges change every day. The challenges of society change. Just when you thought you'd worked out what's going on in the world around you, it's changed. Surely we must have understood that two years ago. We thought we, thought we had a good grip, grip on life, didn't we? Two and, a, two and a bit years ago, we thought we kind of understood where we were and how we stood in this world and how it worked. And COVID came. And we found out that, no, it's very different to what I expected. Now we're coming out of, of that time of COVID and it's not the same world that went in. Something's changed. Some people have changed. Some attitudes have changed. How do we face that? 
you know, our resources are very limited to try and rethink a whole new world and a whole new way of living. It's beyond a human's capacity, I would argue. How do I live then in this world? Well, when our hoarded resources are ended, the Father's forgiving has only begun. See, God knows. And then Christians face other issues that someone in the world doesn't realize they face. So we face spiritual battles. We have a powerful spiritual enemy, the prince of the power of darkness and his, and his army, who is an ancient and very clever foe. And he's more ancient than you and he's cleverer than you. And you, you have to face a world that he has a great deal of a say in. Uh, and he wants to tempt you and he wants to change you to follow him. And you're in a spiritual battle. Paul, writing to a church in Ephesus, he says right at the end of his little letter, he says, Our battle is not against human beings, flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers and dominion. So put on the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, uh, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith. I'm just going through the, I'm just going through the soldier and the shoes of the gospel because we're in a spiritual battle. A spiritual battle which is so much stronger than we are. Why should we call on God? Because God wants us to. And he wants us to call on him. He wants us to ask him. He wants us to live by faith. He wants us to put our faith in him. He wants us to fellowship with him. He wants, in a remarkable way, to partner with us. He wants us to represent him in this world. He wants us to speak about him in this world. He wants us to show that he exists in this world. And to do so, he wants us to ask him for help and for strength to do it. So why should I pray? Well, because of the huge issues you face. But most of all, because your heavenly father wants you to speak to him. He wants you to speak to him. There are times in our lives when we fall out with people, aren't there? Let's be honest. And we just stop talking. We just stop talking. Because we've fallen out. And we just don't have anything to say. And where, where previously we would have gibbered and talked away uh, about anything and everything and, and absolute nonsense because we were friends. There are times when we just dry up. We just have nothing to say. Well, God wants you to talk to him. He wants you to talk to him. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to open his word. He wants you to hear him speak. He wants you to come to church. He wants you to hear him speak through the preachers and through the hymns. But he also wants you to talk to him. Sometimes we say we believe in God, but in practice... We're atheists. We, we just don't talk to God. Jesus says, talk. 
Ask. Seek. Knock. My second point then is, if my first point is, why do we need to ask? Because of the great need, because God wants us to. The second question is, how are we to ask? Well, rather helpfully, Jesus tells us three things to do. Ask, it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. So some people have looked at this, and they have said, this is a description of an increase of passion. And, and, uh, uh, it's an acceleration. So, so to start off with, you could say, you, you request God. You go to God and say, can I have this? You know, I'm relying on you, God. Can I have this? Um, and then you go, oh, Lord, I'm really seeking you now because I really, I really need this. Yeah. I, I, I'm really seeking you now. And then you're knocking on the door and you're going, God, I, I, I'm so desperate. I'm so desperate. I'm really so desperate. There's a lot of truth in that, isn't there? A lot of truth. Most of our prayers are, quite rightly, just a request to God. Out of faith and love and dependence. Very simple. But sometimes... Our prayers, it's something more earnest, something that matters a bit more, you know, something more, more urgent. And so you, you pray a little bit more, and you pray more often. And when you pray, you pray for longer, because it really matters, you know, it, it really matters. And then sometimes your prayers are just absolute desperation. Oh God, if you don't help me, then everything's lost. If you don't help me, everything's going to go wrong. And, and, it's, and you're just desperate. And it's the prayer of desperate, desperate prayers. And we know that, don't we? And so when people look at this chapter and say, that's, that's, uh, that's what it's about, yes. I think, I think you could say, that's all right. I understand that. Yes. But then there's another way of looking at this. And it's not the same request and acceleration of it, as it were, but asking for different things. So, or, or seeking or knocking. But I'll put it like this. Ask and it will be given to you. This is a believer who is short of resources for the task that God has given them. And so they go and they ask. An example of this would be another uh, illustration of how we should pray that Jesus told us. And he tells a story of a man. And th this man, he had a friend who was on a journey. And this friend obviously got lost on his journey because he arrives at this man's house very late at night in the dark. And he arrives very suddenly to his friend's house. And he comes and his friend comes and he knocks on the door and he opens and he goes, Oh, my friend! And he goes, I am, I am, I am, I need somewhere safe, but I am so hungry. Everything's gone wrong in today's journey. I am so hungry. The guest has great needs, but the house owner, well, uh, he's, he's eaten all the food. He was going to go shopping the next day. He's nothing to feed the guest. So what does he do? He goes to his neighbor 
and he knocks on his neighbor's door and he says, can you help me? Do you have something that would help me? Because I've got someone in great need and I don't have the resources. But I know you do. Will you help me to help them? And now his friend next door, his neighbor, is in bed. And he says, well, I'm in bed. And, and all the children are in bed and don't disturb us. But just because of the sheer need, he just keeps knocking. He keeps knocking. Here's a Christian. And their friend comes to them and says, I've got this need. And, and your heart's broken by it, you know? but you just don't know what to give them or what to say or how to help them. So what do you do? You go to God and you say, Lord, can you help me? Can you help me? Sometimes it's physical help that people need. You know, sometimes it's, it's help with their thinking, with their mind, with their understanding that people need. And when people come to you and say, I'm, I'm, I'm so downhearted, I'm so distressed, and you go, well, how do I help? Well, you go to God. You say, God, help me to help them. My resources are limited, but yours are unlimited. Or maybe it's someone who comes and, and they need God, but you just don't know how to help them. You don't know how to point them to God the right way that they'll understand, that they'll grasp, that they'll get. I think this is the dilemma for most preachers. Most preachers at some point in their preparation for the service will get down on their knees and will say, Lord, help me to have something to give to someone else. Because what I say and what I think is rubbish. I need special help. You know when preachers preach that, you know they preach it because when they come and they start speaking, you know that it's not really their words, you know that it's God's words. Because at some point in the week, they've said to God, Lord, I don't have anything worth saying that's worth hearing. Will you help me? I think that's what it means to ask, to ask. I encourage you to ask. When someone comes to you with a question and you don't know what the answer is, say, I don't know what the answer is. But get down on your knees when they're gone and pray to God to help you. He may say, go to this person and they'll help you as well. But to have the right thing, that's ask. Now, now let me go to another one, seek. This is a believer looking for something. This is a Christian who's looking for something. Maybe the Christian is looking for truth. Maybe the Christian is looking for understanding. Maybe the Christian is looking for wisdom. Maybe it's someone who's looking for salvation. Maybe it's someone who's looking for Jesus Christ, who's not yet a Christian. That might be you. You might be a seeker. So what do you do? You go to God and you say, I can't find it on my own. Will you make it clear? Will you open my eyes? Will you help me? 
And then maybe when they're a Christian and they're going on their life and they're, they're thinking, well, how should I live and how should I ask and, and what should I do about a, a job and things like that. You know, you're seeking and you say, well, at my heart, Lord, I want to serve you. How do I serve you? Show me the right way to serve you. That's seeking. And God can. God can. And God does. If God could get a nation of over a million people into a desert, through a desert 40 years and back out of a desert safely, whatever your problem is, and however lost you are, he can help you find the right way. If you're seeking him and seeking his way. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe you're looking for truth. Well, when you open the Bible, say, Lord, help me as I search your truth. Maybe you're looking for uh, a job. Maybe you're looking for a partner for life. Maybe you're looking to know what to do in the next part of your life. And you don't know what to do. Well, you can go to God. You can ask him. He wants you to. Because as we said earlier, he wants to be involved in your life. He wants to be involved in your decisions. You may find that he will take you to places that you never even began to imagine you would go to. And that he would use you in ways you couldn't even begin to imagine that he would use you. The important thing is not what you do so much as who you do it with. If you're doing it with Christ. And prayer is vitally important for that work. And then thirdly, knock. Knock and the door will be opened to you. This is a believer who's come up against an obstacle. A closed door, restricted access. They want to get in. But something has to change. Something has to move. And they cannot, they cannot do it themselves. Uh, so let me give an example. Paul, in the book of Acts, he wants to go to a certain part of the Middle East. And, and he keeps wanting to go there. And he keeps trying to get there. But it just stays completely shut. There's no way he can go to that part of the world. The, it just, every attempt he makes, the door just closes. And so he cries out to God, what do I do? And in a dream, he has a vision of a man from another part of the world saying, come and help me. Come and help me. Well, it's intriguing when you come up against a closed door, isn't it? You say, well, of course he'll open the door. Well, maybe not. Maybe he'll show you a different way. Um, when you are going through your life, and you know that there's something that should be done and you want to do it because it's the right thing. But every time you try and do it, you can't. And you go to God and you say, Lord, will you open the door? Paul, writing to a church, I can't remember what church it is, one of the churches in the New Testament, he's writing to a church, it's in the Bible, but I can't remember exactly where it is. He says, when you pray for me, pray 
that an effective door will be opened to me. I want to speak to people about Jesus Christ, but the door is closed. Is that you? You want to talk to your neighbor about Jesus Christ or your friend about Jesus Christ? Maybe you want to talk to your father or your mother or your children about Jesus Christ. But every time you want to bring the subject up, it seems like the door's closed. They just slam the door on you. They just slam the door on you. Well, pray. Pray to God that he would open the door. Pray to God that he would open the door. It's amazing what happens when you pray. It's amazing what doors open when you pray. I know of people and they've wanted to go to tell others about Jesus Christ. They've wanted to go to different places in the world. And it seems that it's utterly impossible. The door is completely closed. And then the next thing, the door is wide open and they can go in. It's amazing. I know people and they've not been able to speak to their children about Jesus Christ for years and years and years. And they've been desperate. But every time they want to speak about Jesus Christ, the children have shut the door. You know, not physically, but they changed the subject. You know what I mean? Just change the subject. I don't want to talk about that. And then suddenly they've one day come and said, tell me about Jesus. Or... I need help. Will you help me? Pray. 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 And pray again. Ask, seek, knock. In the knowledge that you have a Father in heaven who loves you, who cares for you, and who wants the very, very best for you. So thirdly, what can we expect when we ask? What can we expect when we ask? What can we expect when we seek? What can we expect when we knock? Well, we can expect our Father in heaven who knows us and loves us to do the right thing. Not necessarily to do what you ask him to do, but to do the right thing. There's an important distinctive there, isn't there? It's important that you understand that. When you pray to God, he does the right thing. And it's not always the thing that you ask him to do. Yeah? But he always does the right thing. No matter how feeble your cry, he will hear you. No matter how weak your faith, he will hear you. No matter if you think you're of some importance or not, he will hear you. No matter how poorly you request it, he will hear you. Because he's your father in heaven and he loves you. So if someone says, the problem with your prayers is you're too weak. Rubbish. Rubbish. It doesn't matter how weak you are. God is strong and he can hear your prayer. If someone says, well, your problem is that you don't matter in this world. That's why God doesn't listen to you. Utter rubbish. Utter rubbish. You're precious to him. 
He sent his son to die for you. He'll always hear you. He'll always hear you. This is what Jesus is saying about the man. And he says, you know, which one of you has a son who will come and ask him for bread and, and the man will give him instead a stone? No, that would be a cruel and heartless father. Or comes and asks for a fish and he'll give him a snake. No, that's a cruel and heartless father. We don't have a cruel and heartless father. We have a loving father. And so know this. When you pray, you can expect him to hear you. To hear you. And even if you pray the wrong prayer, okay, you can expect him to hear you because he loves you. God loves you. And if you're afraid, I don't pray the right prayers and I don't pray them in the right way, lot of rubbish. Just pray. He loves you. He'll filter out the good and the bad. That's, he'll do that. You just lay your heart before him and your desires and call upon him and he'll hear you. We can also expect a loving father's answer. Not stone for bread or snake for fish. That would be a cruel earthly father and we certainly don't have that. We have a heavenly father. But expect then good gifts. Well, God will give us good. So when we pray to him, sometimes his answer will be yes. Sometimes his good answer will be no. Because he knows us. And he knows what's needed. Sometimes his good answer will be not yet. And sometimes his good answer will be yes. Maybe it would have been good if you asked it for it yesterday. Sometimes his good answer will be you, yes. And sometimes his good answer will be not you but I want you to support someone else. Intriguing, isn't it? How many people have wanted to be missionaries and God has said, not you, someone else. King David, he wanted to build God's temple. What a brilliant thing to want to do. To want to build a place that brings glory and honor to God. And he prayed to God, help me build this temple. And God said, not yet and not you but your son. Sometimes that's God's answer. Sometimes God's answer is, no, not this. I've got something better for you. And that's a hard one. But we know that God always gives the best answer and the right answer. Sometimes it's the answer we're looking for. Very often, it's not but always, it's the best. Maybe you've been praying for something for years and years and years and years. Maybe you pray for it because you're stubborn and you need to stop. Maybe you pray for it because God has laid it on your heart to pray for it. And he's just saying, not yet, not yet. And one day he'll say, yes now. Keep praying. Keep trusting God. Through all the ups and downs of life, 
and all the difficulties of life and the complexities of life, it will always be a perfect answer. You will not, you will not get what you want, but you will always get what you need. You will not get what you want. Sometimes you will. I might moderate that statement a little bit. But you'll always get what you need. What are you looking for? What are you praying for? What are you seeking? What doors do you want to open on to you? Well, trust God that he will do the right thing at the right time, in the right way. But he wants you to keep asking. You keep asking. It will be good gifts. 